true worship and true worshipers. Um, it's good to see Sister Mallory back with us this, today. Thank you for coming. Ma now, you know, Mallory, Sister Mallory, you like, you like family. You came over to the house. You cleaned up at my house. I, you were like family to us. It's good to see you again. Um, oh, last week, we talked about Abraham and Isaac. And we talked about how Abraham was about to kill Isaac. And sorry, Roger, I almost killed your son. But I heard the voice of the Lord that told me to stop, and I didn't go through with it. Um, but we saw that worship demands obedience. Worship demands complete obedience to God. We noticed that Abraham was obedient even to the point of about to kill his one and only son. But obedience also was based on the fact that Abraham knew something. Abraham knew that God was either going to raise Isaac from the dead or he was going to provide a sacrifice. And even the sense of him going up to kill his son, he called it worship. He said, let us go and worship and we will return to you. His worship was the sacrifice of his son. So we saw that obedience, worship, demands obedience. This week we'll be looking at another familiar story. And this familiar story was, can be found in Daniel. And when we find this story in Daniel, Daniel was, let me just give you the setting of Daniel and the, the kind of the situation that was going on in the book of Daniel. The children of Israel had been taken off to captivity. And they were on in a foreign land. They were in Babylonia. And in, while they were in Babylonia, they had, in chapter 1 of Daniel, Daniel says, give me, the, the king was selecting all the wise men from all these different nations. And Pastor Bill preached a series on this called Don't Eat from the King's Table. And we all remember that series. And so Daniel was saying, just give me, Fruit, vegetables and water. Just give me and my friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just vegetables and water. And test us. After 10 days, see if we don't look and test out better than the people who are eating the raw food. And we saw that in chapter 1. And then we get to chapter 2. Oh, I want you to see this. In, in, in chapter 1, verse 28. Verse 20, it says, in every matter wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. Ten times better. So these guys were set apart. They were better than everybody else. Then we get to chapter 2. Chapter 2 talks about a dream Nebuchadnezzar had. And in this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he calls in all his wise men. He says, hey, somebody, come, come look. Come, come try to tell me what this dream is about. And they were like, okay, 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 king, tell us what the dream was. And he said, no, no. -uh. You tell me what the dream was about, and then you tell me what the interpretation is. And they're like, wait a minute, we can't do that. Nobody can do that. I always, that's why I always think about psychics. If you're so psychic, you tell me what I'm thinking, 
instead of me telling you what my history is and then you tell me what's going to happen. If you're so psychic, you tell me the future. That's what King Nebuchadnezzar did. He says, you tell me what my dream is about, tell me what the interpretation is. So what we see is none of, they can, none of the men can do it. So Nebuchadnezzar is upset, and he's about to kill all the wise men, of which Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are part of. Daniel hears about this, and Daniel says, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, let me go talk to the king. Daniel goes, and he says, okay, let me, let me come back to you tomorrow, and I'll tell you what the dream's about. Daniel goes home. The Lord reveals to Daniel what the dream was about, what the dream was and what it was about. And it was about this statue, this statue that Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed about. It had a head of gold, a body of bronze, legs of iron, and arms of silver. And it was represented all the different kingdoms that were going to be coming after Babylonia. So there was going to, the Medes and the Persians would take over, and then the, the uh, Greeks would take over, and then the Romans would take over. And each part of the body represented the, each different kingdom. But the head of gold represented Nebuchadnezzar. And that kind of leads us into our text for today. That head of gold represented Nebuchadnezzar. So he decides, okay, thank you, Daniel. I'm going to spare everybody. But look what he does for Daniel. Look what he does for Daniel. At the end of chapter 2, Starting with verse 46, it says, then, it should be on the, on the screen. Starting with verse 46, it says, then Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Nebuchadnezzar is acknowledging God. And that's like a lot, of, a lot of people we know, right? In a foreign country, they'll acknowledge God. They'll acknowledge Jesus. But it's one thing to acknowledge, and it's another thing to take the next step. And we'll see that in here in a little bit. Verse 48, it says, Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylonia, and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administer, administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. So I want to talk today about, go ahead and put it up, true worship changes lives. True worship changes lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we just ask a simple prayer that you illuminate our eyes, that we can see, hear, and understand what it is that you have to say to us through your word. Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be holy and acceptable unto you. My rock, my strength, and my redeemer is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we get to chapter 3, and that's where we're going to spend most of our time in, chapter 3. And y'all know this story. It, it's a familiar story. We grew up listening to it. It's the three Hebrew boys being thrown into the fiery furnace. But like last week, 
I don't want you to turn it off. Just because you heard this story before, don't check out on me. Let's listen to what the words say, and let's see what we can find out and learn about this story. Because it's an interesting story about worship. And so, so it reads in verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. First thing, remember I told you about the, the dream he had? The head. Nebuchadnezzar was feeling himself. He said, oh, I'm the head, the gold. He said, I'm going to construct an image of gold. And we don't know what this image was, but we know it was something. And it was laid in gold. And, and, and six, y'all want to know how big? 60 cubits is about 90 feet. About 90 feet high. In other words, it's about an eight-story building. An eight-story building. He built the image eight stories high. That's pretty big. This Two stories is this. Four times the size of this building. And it can be seen from all around, right? And so... King Nebuchadnezzar builds this, uh, this image to himself. Look what he says. He says, he then summoned the satraps, the, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all orders, and, I'm sorry, and all other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he has set up. So the satraps, prefects, Governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provi provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. What that says is that he just invited everybody that he that worked for. The satraps were people who are like the king's advisors, the king's officials. And then the... Um, the prefects were the military uh, commanders. And so we see the judges, the magistrates were like the, kind of like the police. They upheld the law. So he brings all these people together and says, I want you to look at this image that I have set up. In verse 4, it tells them why they were all there. It says, then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of, all, of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. All right, the, 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 set, the scene is set. Nebuchadnezzar says, I want everybody that hears this music to bow down and worship this image. Bow down and worship. It's really simple. You hear music, you bow down and worship this image. But God had something to say about this. Therefore, verse 7, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Verse 8, at this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. Okay, so this word denounced, little, it says to tear to pieces. 
these astrologers didn't like the Jews. And they came and said, listen, verse 9, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. All right, so now the scene is set, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not worshiping that image. They didn't bow down to it. And Nebuchadnezzar, even though he acknowledged to Daniel that God was the God of gods, Nebuchadnezzar set up this image to be both a political image and a religious image. Because you don't worship political figures, you worship religious figures. So he wanted this image to go to represent both his political and religious power. He wanted to be worshipped. And, and this image of gold was who he was and what he was establishing. And he felt like his authority was better and greater than anybody else's. So because I created this image, I want you to worship it. I want you to serve it. Whenever you hear music, drop down and worship this image. Verse 13, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not secure my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? So Nebuchadnezzar knew that these guys were, 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 were top-notch, and he was like, it can't be true. But he was upset because it was a slap directly in his face for them not to worship it. So he brings them in, and he gives them the benefit of the doubt and says, is it true? He questions them because originally he said they would be thrown immediately into the furnace. I'm glad they didn't throw them immediately because I, we, we would have not got this response. It says, verse 15, it says, now you... Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because now, Nebuchadnezzar... He's it's showing you that it was a slap in his face. Nebuchadnezzar said, you ain't going to. Okay, listen, I'm going to give you another chance. If you, if you fall down and worship, we're good. No, no harm, no foul. But if you don't, I'm going to throw you into that furnace. And he said, and then what God will be able to save you? And at that point, I feel like God was on the hook. It, 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 it stopped being Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was God on the hook. Because even though he acknowledged God, and we know people like that, even though they acknowledge God, they don't see 
or know the God that we know. And the God of the Muslim faith isn't the God of the Christian faith. That we ain't all serving the same God. I just want y'all to know that. I, that ain't got nothing to do with this, but that we don't all serve the same God. Jehovah's Witnesses aren't serving the same God we serve. They made up some stuff. So when we see this, Nebuchadnezzar was disrespected and his authority was challenged. And you know how men are. We, you know, we don't like to get, you know, you buck up to us, we're going to buck back, right? You, you can't test our, our manhood like this. And that's what I feel like Nebuchadnezzar, it, it challenged his manhood and his authority. And he said, I'm not. And, and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, look what their response was. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Man, right there, that, that takes some guts, right? I, I know you're the king and all, but I ain't got to defend myself before you. Why? Verse 17, it says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So what, what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, okay, you can do what you want. But I serve a God that's able. He's able to do it. Now, look, look what he, but they didn't stop there. Because a lot of times this is where we stop. We think that God is supposed to deliver us from the things we're going through. We think God is supposed to take these things away from us. But look at their faith. Verse Verse 18, it says, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I told you last week, worship is costly. And their, their lives is on the line. And they said, even if God doesn't deliver us, even if we don't, if this, this furnace doesn't, we still got to go into the furnace. Even if all of that stuff has to happen, we ain't worshiping that image. I don't care what you do. Can we, can we be that bold? Are we that bold? When, we, when we're out there, we say, I don't care what, what, what everybody else is doing. I don't care what everybody else is saying. That ain't for me, and that's not for me in my house. I'm going to worship and I'm going to serve God. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the face of death, literally death, they were able to say, we're not serving that image. Worship is costly. Worship demands obedience. Look what it says. Verse 19, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. No, he was mad now. He was, he, he was a little upset early. He was furious, but now he's really mad. He's he really, really mad now. He's for real, for real mad. And it says he ordered that the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and clothes, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Don't miss that. They were fully clothed. Typically, 
when, when somebody was thrown into a furnace, they would, they would take all their clothes off. But they were fully, he was so upset, and he wanted this done right there. They just tied him up real quick, got the biggest guys, tied him up, and they about to throw him in. Look what it says, verse 22. It says, the, command, the king's command was so urgent, and the furnace was so hot, that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire jumped out of the furnace and was able to, was, was killed, killed the soldiers. Yeah. It didn't kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it killed the soldiers that brought them up. Yeah. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the fiery, the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped up to his amazement. And asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Still ain't acknowledged who it was. And many people believe the fourth was the pre-incarnate Jesus. And that, that's just a word right there. Let's just stop right there. Sometimes God doesn't take away our fiery furnaces. As, as many people think we, we should be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and we shouldn't have any problems, we shouldn't have any sicknesses. Sometimes he doesn't take away the sickness. Sometimes the fiery furnace still is there, and sometimes we still have to go to the fiery furnace. But this text shows us that he will meet us in the furnace he will meet us where we need him the most Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were in this fire and the funny thing is on the way up it killed the soldiers didn't harm them they fall in and nothing happens they just walking around <laughs> and, and God doesn't stop there with the amazement look what it says Verse 26, it says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. You see how his attitude changed? He saw, he, he saw something he had never seen before. He experienced something from Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego that he had never experienced before. He got a little bit of it from Daniel. But now that he saw that there was four men in this furnace walking around unharmed, he says, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Literally means the God that's above every other God. He says, come on out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out the fire. And the satraps the pre prefects, the governors, and the royal advisors crowded around them. Look, they saw the fire had not harmed them, had harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. No smell of fire. God, God, he, he's in the details. Not only will he deliver you, but he will keep you clean and he'll keep you perfect. So you can't barbecue outside with getting smoke on you. And they're in this blazing, fiery furnace, seven times hotter than it was normally. 
It killed people on the way up. And not a smell of smoke, not a singed hair, not a damaged robe. Because remember I told you they, they normally de take their clothes off. They did that on purpose so they could see. Not a thing, not nothing. The fire had no effect. And they were able to walk around. But look what it says. Verse 20, um, verse 28. It said, then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. Look, look, look what it says about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They trusted him, in him, and defied the king's command, and were willing to give up their lives, rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that people of any nation or language who saw anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. No other God can save in this way. And then look on the last little cherry on top. Then king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Not only did they get a, not only did they only get thrown into a furnace, they got a promotion out the whole thing. They got a promotion out the deal. See, sometimes God takes us through things not for us. Because you see the attitude of, of Nebuchadnezzar, it changed. No longer was he doubting the God of Israel. No longer was he doubting the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He acknowledged that he was the most high God. And look, let me just show you one more thing. The first three verses in chapter 4, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and the people of every language who live all uh, in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. In my, it is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs. How mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is eternal. Is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. King Nebuchadnezzar was singing a different tune, y'all. Because of what he saw. And that's news for us. Because sometimes we're going to go through hard times. Sometimes we're going to go through suffering. And there's people around us that need to see what we're going through. And we need to know that God is going to meet us in the furnace. Sometimes he meets us along the way. Sometimes he holds our hand. But sometimes we don't feel him. And we're wondering, why God? Why me? Why am I going through this? Why do I have this sickness? Why do I have this disease? And God is saying, just worship me. Just stay faithful. Just stay faithful. And he's going to meet us in the furnace. He didn't take the furnace away like a lot of TV preachers will, will, will preach about. They don't preach these kind of messages. They don't talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They only talk about being blessed. They don't talk about actually being thrown into a furnace because that's what happened. And if, if I could just sum it up in one thing, true worship, trust God completely. 
They trusted him completely, despite the impending circumstance. Despite what we, you might be going through, what we may be going through, true worship, true worship, trust God completely. But I want to go back to something that Nebuchadnezzar said. He said, no other God can save like this God. And I just want to offer Christ to whoever is here who may not know him as their Savior, 